I was in a really bad place emotionally and just struggling with depression. And I had connected with Jim a bunch through that season. And I remember one of my friends was checking in with me and I was telling her about different revelations I had had. And she's like, you get these revelations when you work out. Why don't you just work out more? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't worked out in six months. She's like, well, you're always going to the gym. And I'm like, no, Jim's my therapist. <laughs> and I just laughed because, you I know, like it. I, yeah, like it. I know it's hilarious. So thanks, Jim. You're my, like you're my gym <laughs> membership. Uh, I go to, keep taking your walks. Too, I know. Okay? I know. I'm just kidding. I know. Welcome to a Holy Mess Podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. All right, Jim, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Danny. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm like always, I'm busy, but it's okay. Life's good. Good. So I thought we would talk about today, and I know I'm dropping this subject on you, right? We didn't really prep for it, but how do we get through the holidays? And I know we're in early November, and the holidays are a hot topic because I'm already feeling tension. I know for myself, we're trying to juggle seeing family having family come visit, go on a little vacation. And I'm feeling pulled in the tug. And I feel like the holidays, sometimes when we're so pulled and tugged, they lose their true meaning of the holidays, right? The other issue that I'd love to talk about, because I think many of us struggle, is just the holiday doom and gloom. I have a frog in my throat. So anyways, who cares? Okay, are you worried so, about the holidays, Danny? I think I am. My palms are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave this in. <laughs> Doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious. I just need to be in January. I need to yeah, be like yeah, January yeah. 5th and yeah. like through the holidays, the doom and gloom of the holidays. <laughs> you read that, huh, Jim? You could tell. <laughs> so, Jim, what do we do for the next two months? How do we get through the doom and gloom of the holidays? Well, why don't we just start for a minute with you? When you think about the holidays coming up, what does go through you? What's your anxious about it or what comes up with memory about it? Yeah, all of the above. So it's interesting because the fall is traditionally a very hard time for me anyways. And I think I had some big T traumas happen, especially in my teen years, right around the fall time that I remember. And so I think that's very triggering. And I don't know. And I think also just the holiday doom and gloom. I think it's the change of season doom and gloom. But I think for me, the holidays when I was a kid were very intense and were just, I lost my grandparents around the holidays. So my parents were grieving. I think even prior to that, my mom was trying to please everybody. And in doing so was kind of, and she admits this wholeheartedly and I love her. She's hilarious, but she was, it was very stressed. And so it was a very stressed home. 
around the holidays. My dad was working three jobs trying to just get us Christmas gifts, like all the things. I think, you know, it was just a very intense time around my house as a kid. And so, and a sad time. And so I think it goes on with me because even now when I'll be, it'll be picturesque. I mean, last Christmas, Gary, me and the kids were playing games and there was a fireplace. And I remember I just had this dis-ease inside, even though it really was a beautiful moment. I just carry so much sadness around the holidays. And I don't know if it's because the season was traumatic. I don't know if it's just because I was depressed as a kid and struggling as a kid. And so I'm carrying that with me now in my body and in my psyche. You know, I think it's just, it's all of the above. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you look back, you see it as the, the association to holidays is really with stress. It just magnified the dynamics that were there already. Yes. Your mom's busyness, chaoticness, neuroticism, lack of boundaries. Codependent. I mean, she was caring for everybody and everything. She was people pleaser. I mean, I remember one, and just so everybody knows, my mom has given me free reign to tell these stories. So I actually want to have her on the podcast. We were talking yesterday, Jim, you'll laugh at this. I was picking up Zach from school and I was telling her, I've, I've had a stomach issue for like, a while, but she said, don't worry, your IBS will go away when you hit about 80 because nothing matters anymore. (laughs) She's so funny. I'm like, okay, that's great, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few more years for my stomach issues to go away. So, but she's carried her stress in her body her whole life. And in doing so, I have as well. And so, yeah, she was really codependent and she was taking care of my uncle and his kids and family. And so, yeah. It just made the holidays uber, uber stressful. So just just ramped it up, mm-hmm. added another layer of busyness and parties and gifts to got and money to spend, yeah. lights to put up. I mean, it can be whatever. We're, if we're already not doing super well, we're not going to do any better when we have more stress on us. So holidays can be stressful that way. Right? Yeah, so for sure. Get- and then the pressure of all the gifts and the money you got to spend and all the things and how much do you spend and who do you spend it on? And oh, yeah. it's, just, it's so much. And it's very common that people disagree, right? With how much to spend. So that becomes sort of a hard, your dad probably was feeling really stressed trying to hold all this stuff up. Yeah. So then, you know, probably at some years that's, we just drink a little bit more because we're just not coping with all this, you know, frustration. And of yeah. course around holidays, you know, drinking goes up. Through these holidays too. So we got really a formula here for like, oh man, this could be really, you know, not the happiest time of the year. No, totally. I remember being in an AA meeting and one of the guys was like, it was right around the holidays. He's like, this is our recruiting season, guys. Get out there. You know, like (laughs) this is when we need to be recruiting people to AA because everybody needs it. And a lot of relapses happen around the holidays. And a lot of DUIs happen around the holidays. Right, right. Yeah, it's all out there. Triggers are all out there, you know? And so we have this history with sort of these associations, like stress, that it's sort of unconscious almost sometimes. Yeah. We have this expectation that we're supposed to be so happy. And we got Norman Rockwell with, you know, everybody's, everybody's sitting around cutting the turkey and being happy. So we have this expectation and this belief that other people are happy. We got music pumped on the speakers every store we go into and Christmas decorations that are supposed to cheer us up, right? Just makes us so more depressed. It's a lot. Well, it's a lot of expectation. And many times we buy into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's heck, Costco's got some fun stuff that, you know, this would look good on my lawn kind of stuff, right? So 
it's easy to get swept up into it. I can't remember what the numbers are, but the average person, what they spend per Christmas, right? You know, much of that goes right on the credit card. And so we're living, you know, adding more debt. That does not make us a better us. So it can be that that expectation can actually be a comparison to what really feels like oh, something's missing. Like you felt like when you're there in the living room with family and like there's something that just feels like is missing inside, right? We have to acknowledge to some degree, whether it's holidays or not, there's always a missing piece. Mm. There's a brokenness in us that seeks healing. There's an incompleteness in us that seeks completeness. But being human means we're not complete. Mm. So I think that's a good place to start is I realize, you know, the natural state of things is to feel incomplete, mm. to feel broken, to feel, you know, even not belonging when we all seek, we're all searching for belongingness, right? You know, in the Christian circles, they'd call this the cross-shaped void in your heart, right? And that therefore only God can fill it. Well, I'm not sure even God fills it, mm. honestly. You know, I think part of being human is just living in that incompleteness and being okay. Because once I then say I should feel complete, I should feel healed, I should feel whole, I should feel happy and enjoy whatever the holidays or whatever, now I'm shaming myself, I'm comparing myself to something I don't think is real. I don't think that's real. I think well, the natural state of things is to feel this stuff at holidays or otherwise. That's profound. I mean, and I think you're right because, and then we're putting these expectations even on God to fill these places in us where I think you're right. I, I think because for so long I shamed myself like I was doing something wrong and I was going to all the prayer meetings, all the healings that I was like reading my Bible, doing the retreats, study. I was doing it all. I was in community, all the things, but there was still this deep, deep ache. And I think when I began kind of find peace and make peace with the ache is really when I encountered more kind of of the sovereignty of God anyways. I, it was like this, I was trying to put them in this box and it didn't fit. And then when I kind of surrendered and kind of made peace with the brokenness and the loneliness and the, the ache, yeah. then somehow it made it better. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. I think Danny, it's, it's that expectation I have of myself when I really embrace the incompleteness the feeling, even at times feeling left out, times of feeling lonely, times of feeling incomplete, some angst at my soul. Even sometimes I can't even describe what it is, but to realize that's sort of the normal state of affairs. I'd even call it, that's the healthy state of affairs. Health is not that I'm always happy and joyful and positive. Health is I embrace all of my experience, including that angst that is, lives at the heart of my soul. Mm. That is not a problem to solve. That is an experience to live. Okay. And the minute I make my problem a problem to solve, then I'm only going to be okay if I solve that problem. And I don't know, the way I, I'm getting older, I, the way I've lived my life, I, if I could have solved it, I would have solved it or made it go away. I don't think that's what it looks like. I really, you just learn to embrace your experience. And this is our acceptance talk again. But I like that idea when it comes even to Christmas, it's okay to feel or Thanksgiving, it's okay to feel incomplete. That's okay. There is no completion out there. Not here. There's no completion. In fact, the only way you're complete is by being incomplete. It's, you know, what do they say? Uh, perfectly imperfect. I think Brene Brown, you know, the, the Gifts of Imperfection, her book, she talks about this, you know, that we're perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And that's the natural state of things. 
And the more that I can embrace that and be okay. In fact, I like what you talk about. You talk about the light and the shadow, right? Within our life issues, the shadow can be judgment and depression because, you know, that incompleteness can turn into depression, Mm -hmm. condemnation. But the light of it is it gives me depth and sensitivity and wisdom. You know, I resonate with, you know, deeper things of life. I'm open to my experience and I don't need to anesthetize it. Not not enough eggnog out there to make this go away. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. So I would say one of the things I do is like, I think a lot of us go into it with expectations and this picture that is just not real and is unrealistic. And so let's see if we can just sort of like say, you know, there is no perfect and it's okay if, you know, we carry some of this angst with us, even through holidays that sharpens the picture because it's a sharper contrast to everybody's together. We're all having fun. We're, you know, we're cheering together you know, and enjoying the kids. And we have all the grandkids running around us and they're opening their gifts and it's just like perfect, right? Danny, I don't know anybody who has that. I don't know. And if they do have it, they're probably pretty superficial because they've never been challenged after you do it live. All you have to do is look at some of these people. There's Kevin Costner, right? This whole drama he's going through. I don't know if you've seen this, but he's getting divorced. Here's a guy I'm sure has a really cool house, really cool cars, has this beautiful wife, has these kids. Everybody thought it was all great. And it's just, and it's all crumbling, right? And it's like, and you still have a cool house, but it's like, it's a little bit of a facade in a way. It's not where real joy is, right? Mm-hmm. I think one is embracing that, that idea. Two, expect during the season, family dynamics absolutely come up. This is generally the time we're getting together with family, that there is more interaction with family. And it doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden going to, those issues are going to go away. Someone's going to be critical. Someone's going to make some comment. Someone's going to drink too much. The kids are going to break something in your house. It's just life, right? Those dynamics don't go away because it's Christmas time, okay? And so don't be surprised when some of those dynamics are coming up. So we're trying to calibrate our expectations based on reality, not based on some fantasy. Yeah. That that dynamics there. Because of that, I think it's really important. And if you're married doing this, you do it with your spouse or your significant other, but that you really then try to figure out your boundaries within that interaction. Boundaries on, man, what do I spend? You know, how late do I stay up? Where do I party? How much do I drink? How long do I spend with my family? I mean, really try to set some within what you know you can do and still be present without being triggered. And what you need to do to leave because it's going to just be too much, right? And so, how does that look like? And I, some people, literally, I've talked to people. They say, "Okay, we're going to get there at ten, and we're leaving at four, okay?" And like they like totally, we're agreed, right? We're not going to get there at eight and leave at nine thirty. You know, we're this is our time because anything after four is going to be ugly. You know, <laughs> we, we just can't take it, right? And they really strategically, tactically, you know, play with uh, ways in which they can be there and you know, and not get swept up into the drama, let's say, but really work at what boundaries look like for you going into this, especially with family. And then look what boundaries look like with even what you're trying to set up within your family. How much do you give the kids? You know, what does that look like? What are we doing? Is we, some, some people overcompensate because they're trying to make up for what they didn't get. <laughs> Is that you a little bit? <laughs> maybe, maybe, Jim, that might be me. 
We might be diagnosing me right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right, we all do this, right? We're driven by other subconscious needs and we overcompensate for things. And if really learning to, you know, set boundaries on myself, on my expectations, but also on my choices, time and money probably are the big ones. I know probably for some people drinking around the holidays can be it. And for some people, they have such toxic family systems that they have to set really pretty absolute boundaries and not go there. You know, you have to create a new family. It's a, it's the Friendsgiving, is that what they call it? And then the yeah. Thanksgiving, it's Friendsgiving. Is I know people that do that and I'm, I really respect that. It's like they realize that the family is just too toxic. This is not the time that they want to be around them. And that's, you know, sad because you wish you could, but they find other ways to create another community, another family. Yeah. I think so many of us are still trying to figure out what toxic is. Is this toxic? How do I diagnose if this is toxic for me? What is a boundary? How do I put up a boundary? So as you were talking, I was just thinking, I think fundamentally just embracing holidays are hard, especially if you've gone through a divorce or blended family, or there's just weird dynamics and everybody's pulling at you. One in-law's pulling at you and the other, and the kids want to do this. And so I think just embracing, like Jim's saying, like embracing the holidays are hard and because of the logistical issues, but also because of the internal angst that we may still carry from past holidays, childhood or, or whatever that were difficult. And so it just, it never lives up to the expectation. And so I think just going into the holiday season of like, okay, let's just get through it. What can I do to take care of myself through it? How can I be the most generous emotionally, spiritually, like how can I be the most sane, generous person I can possibly be? And part of that is taking care of myself so that I'm not pulling from a dry well when I am around family or friends or, or whatever, when I'm called to go to seven parties. Or, you know, you can have the FOMO because you're like, man, I remember when I was invited to all the parties, I didn't get any invites this year. Like, what do we do this year? Like, it's kind of lonely. It's kind of sad. And I think that it's just complicated no matter what, I think it just, you're right, Jim, I think it hits this button in us because there are so many triggers this time of year. And I think mm -hmm. the rest of the year we can do pretty well running by it or just staying busy or avoiding. Mm -hmm. But I think the holidays is like this time of year where it's just like an incubator for pain and an incubator to see all the issues that are really going on deeper inside of us. So in one hand, it's a gift because it's boiling to the surface what we need to deal with. But on the other hand, whew, is it painful? I mean, it's, it's already holidays haven't even begun and I'm already feeling the tension where I'm like, whoa, I need to pull back and figure out what's going on. How can I nurture these places inside of me so that I can show up and not be a sarcastic <laughs> in certain yeah. circles? Like, yeah, how can yeah, I be yeah. loving and be fully present for whatever my capacity is to be able to show up for? But it takes such a dance. I just have such compassion. Man, if the holidays are hard for you, I love you. Man, I just want to reach through the microphone and just say, hang in there, do things to take care of yourself. Find people that breathe life into you and stay close, even if it's one person. Find the podcast, find the music, like whatever you got to do to nurture yourself so that you don't fall into a pit of despair or especially if the holidays are hard with depression or, you know, if you find yourself medicating in a certain way this time of year, man, I just have such compassion for you in this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really well said, Danny. Really good. That what you just said is perfect is you're trying to figure out how do I take care of me? Where do I get my energy? Where's my tribe? Where do I get 
replenished. So then that when I'm then interacting in those places or not, because I have boundaries, then I'm able to do that from a place that, that I have some resource in the well, mm-hmm. you know, as I deal with that. And that's, every person probably going to look a little different, I'm guessing, you know, how much interaction they can have and what that looks like. But the hope is I can be there and just let people be who they are. I don't need them to be different for me to be okay, right? Well, the way I like to say it is, is we, we want to get to the place where I can be okay even when it's not okay, right? Because the world will never be okay. I'm just telling you, it won't be. There always will be something in your world that's not okay. Holidays is just going to put a spotlight on it, I guess. But it always will be something. So can I still find that place from which I'm still okay? Because it's internal. I have my place of peace and I'm at peace with it, right? So if the family members go sideways, yeah, I may have to set boundaries when I need to and I may need to leave early, but I'm, I'm able also to not get emotionally pulled in or wounded by that again. That's a big lift, right, to do, but that's our goal is it just doesn't get to me anymore. What one day at a time, yeah. When you're talking, it reminded me of uh, in like AA and Alan ought to do this too, but they'll do marathon meetings during the holidays. And they'll do like, you could go all day long on Christmas day. You could go to meetings every hour for the whole day. And they're all doing it because they know that if they don't, they're not there. They're going to go drinking, you know, or they're going to be in crazy in their codependency and the Al-Anon people. But I really like that. I think that's their way. They developed some systems to, okay, we're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to find our tribe. We're going to create a space where real life is. Because so much of holidays is such a commercial projection. Honestly, we've created holidays. Uh, I know it's Thanksgiving and it's supposed to be a, a holiday of thanks, you know, giving, but it's just become part of the commercialist American capitalistic economy, Christmas season. That's why they're pushing it to September to, to, to widen that commercial window. Honestly, they make a lot of their money that way. Well, and you bring up a good point. So you guys, we also have permission to keep the holidays, the holidays and what they are and Thanksgiving, build little traditions in for yourself of what you're grateful for and what you're thankful for and what you're excited about coming in the new year and and all of that. And then for Christmas, I mean, keeping it fundamental in our Christian faith, it represents Jesus's birthday, right? I mean, it's like the hope of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. What does that mean for you? That he's with you in your angst, that he's with you in your brokenness, that he's with you in your woundedness. And so I think we have permission too to keep the holidays what they are and the holy moments that they're supposed to be. And so You know, if you can do little things, you know, little remembrance moments of put your hand on your heart and just remember, you know, Jesus loves you, right? Just simple things, you guys, that we can do just to take a breath. Yeah, I think it can be a joyful time for a lot of people and there's a a giving and there's fun and celebration. We sound so down about it. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think there's times it can be really good. I think it also can be just a real revisiting of the, of what's not there. Yeah. You know, instead what we, you know, some of the, the dysfunction that's there. Yeah. And so much of it, Danny, has to do with our expectations, right? It's fighting with myself that I'm okay. It doesn't have to be any different. I'm okay because I found my, my way of being whole in myself. Even in my unwholeness, even in my brokenness, I found a wholeness because I'm able to, to find grace and acceptance and okay with it all, mm. you know? And then I, I think you still have to be tactical with boundaries and careful not overstressing yourself and figuring out how to you know take care of yourself. I think that's all really good to do and pre-plan it before you go, okay? 
because if it's really toxic, then you have to have your exit plans and all those things. But I do think much of it is just internal mm-hmm. inside of me, you know, and get your allies, get your spaces where you have those allies that are part of, you know, the conversation that's more sane because it can feel crazy making sometimes like you're there, but nobody else gets it. They're all just still in the well, many times they're still in their dysfunction. Dad's still drinking too much, you know, mom's running around like a banshee, you know, the brother-in-law is spouting his latest political theory or something, right? You know, <laughs> And by the way, that's another boundary is there's certain things I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to go sit here and talk politics together, right? Or me try to put my recovery stuff on them, whatever it is. I, there may be some things I put boundaries on that too. Yeah. We're trying to be okay with people being exactly who they are. Yeah. And, we're, and we're really trying to depersonalize it all, which is so hard to do when it feels so personal. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, Jim, thanks for being here. I think the holidays is a big topic. So I hope that this encouraged you guys. Jim, I so appreciate your wisdom and your honesty with all of this because holidays can be very triggering and hard. So I know. Well, it's good to be here and best wishes for everybody in their holidays. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I agree. Thanks, Jim. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.